0: The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. I'm Pastor Steve. I'm part of the pastoral staff here at the Creek and so happy to have the opportunity to preach and teach this morning. And we're missing Matt, and uh, but I have a new appreciation uh, for Matt's preaching since I've never done three services before in my life. I mean, total more than that, but never three back-to-back. So I hope y'all all got plenty to eat on Thanksgiving. You started your diet now. How many of you like leftovers? Anybody? You're fine with leftovers? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I ate some leftovers. I went to the refrigerator the next day, and I said, I want some of that banana pudding. So I saw a bowl, and I went, yep, that's banana pudding, all right. So I got it put it on the table. I went whipped cream. So I went to the refrigerator, put the whipped cream all over it, took a bite. And I said, this is not banana pudding. (laughs) Turns out it was a cauliflower casserole. It was yellow, just like banana pudding. Oh, that was just horrible. Well, we're, we're starting a series for Christmas. It's called Love, Joy, and Peace. So I'm just kicking it off with love. And it's a great message. Um, and it's something that we know about here at the Creek because one of our slogans or our main slogan is is that we love people and make the gospel clear. So that's something that you've already been doing. But it's always good to know more about what the main thing is and that's God's love in our heart and express through our lives. But first of all, we need to get a definition of love. So I found some that children wrote. Okay, so you'd like that. Um, Karen, age seven, said, when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. (laughs) Carl, age five, said, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on cologne, and they go out and smell each other. (laughs) Emily, age eight, said, Love is when you kiss all the time. Then when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. (laughs) And then Noel, age seven, said, Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt, and then he wears it all the time. (laughs) And then Mary Ann, age four, said, Love is when your puppy licks your face even when you left him alone all day. Well, there's nothing better than love. Even a falling love has its rewards. And that's what we're operating under without the love of God poured in our hearts. We still have love. It can be sentimental. It can be temperamental. It can be up and down. It can be reciprocal. But there's something better than that. It's the agape love of God, and we're going to define that here. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, And so faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is love. So if love is the greatest, we ought to be talking about it. We ought to be excited about it, because it is exciting. But yet, we say things like, I love my dog, I love ice cream, I love the cowboys, and I love Jesus. It's the same word, you know? Where's the equivalency there? And uh, so they had the problem when they were writing the New Testament, using uh, the word love uh, for expressing the love of God. So they found a Greek word that was in existence but never used and it was agape. And Paul and the other gospel writers said that's what we're going to that's what we're going with because it's something totally different. It's not phileo love, it's not storage love, it's not eros love. This is agape love that represents the love of God shown to the world. So it is selfless. It is Outward, it's giving, it's self-emptying, it's also self-sacrificing, laying down your life, consistently seeking the good of others, that's the agape love of God. How do we know this love? How do we know anything about this love that we're talking about? It was demonstrated for us 2,000 years ago when Jesus gave his life up for us on the cross. That was the full love of God manifested in Jesus' life. It's the purpose for which you were created. It's supernatural. So... Just because we feel we have emotions and feelings of love, it doesn't mean we know the supernatural agape of God. We have to get that from Him. So it's not a high degree of human love. You can't work it up. It just isn't there. God has to put it there. Impossible to fathom without a knowledge of God. Well, So the New Testament tells us that God is love and in him is no darkness at all. God is love. It's not that he has love. See, his love never heats up and it never cools down. God is consistently loving you from the beginning all the way to the end. God is love. So there's three points to this sermon. Every every good sermon has three points. So this one is, first one is God's love in God's nature. So what we're going to do is we're going to think of how would we describe God? If somebody said, describe God and tell me what the most important thing is about God. What's the one characteristic of God that, uh, that, that you could tell me so I could understand? Well, you might say, what would you say? He's all-powerful? He's everywhere, omnipresent. All right? Lots of things we could say, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. How about sovereign? Well, we could say all of those things, but the New Testament describes God as love. It's not just his highest attribute, it is his very nature. So love was there at creation. Love was there at the very beginning because God was there and it's his nature. So creation all happened through the love of God. When he spoke a word, it was the truth in love. Creation happened that way. Light happened that way. God putting out his love throughout the entire universe. So this tells me something. It's the highest characteristic or aspect of God. And it's the most powerful force in the universe. Now, I just want to let that hang there for just a minute. And let's say it together. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. Well, if it's the most powerful force in the universe, I need to get to know it a little bit better and understand it better. Jesus taught us that above all, God is love. His disciples didn't get it for a long time. Remember when Jesus was going to have the last meal with his disciples? And at the meal, they were arguing about who was the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus, remember, he took the towel and the basin and he began to wash their feet. He was expressing to them something that was the most powerful thing in the universe, the power of love. And it was at that time, too, that he said, by this shall all men know. Well, first of all, he said, here's a new commandment for you. Everything else I've said before, I was just reiterating what God had already said and done in the Old Testament. Here's something brand new. Are you all ready for this? I'm sure his disciples are going, a new commandment? What is it? And he said, love one another as I have loved you agape one another this this love that you've seen in me i want that love in you and this is the way that others will know you're my disciples because you go to church no because you read the bible because you pray every day those are all fine but that's not what he said this is how they're going to know it because of your love for each other it's god's nature and here's the cool part. It's our new nature. It's our new nature. I'll get to that in just a minute. So we've got to understand this, this how great this love is. You know, God loves you for who you are, not what you ought to be. See, we sometimes think his love is only potential for us, that he's kind of reserving something until we get to a certain level. Then he loves us more. No, God cannot love you any more than He does right now. God's love is an action toward us, not a reaction to us. We sometimes think, you know, when I become a mature Christian, when I obey better, then He loves me more. No, God's love is the same all the time. So that's God's love in nature or his nature is to love. Number two is love in the cross of Christ. When we tell somebody, God loves you, they might ask, how 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 would I know that? That's just a statement you made. It's a theological statement, God loves you. No, it's not a theological statement because one day, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was put on the cross and stretched out his arms and he bled and he died for us. He didn't do any of that for himself. He already had all of the love of God that he ever needed. He was already God's son. He already had a destiny. What he did, he did it for us. That's why we tell people, God loves you. Don't make it just a phrase. Be able to back it up with what God has done. Well, I know because as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, God went to work on redeeming them. See, we think, oh, God, that really angered God. And God was angry with Adam and Eve. The Bible never says that. Some people say, oh, well, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, you know, they were cursed and they were kicked out of the garden and all of that. Well, all, what it was is God just said, you can't partake of the tree of life. Because there's no use sinners living forever. So, But God never stopped loving us. While they were in in shame and hiding from God, God was busy making them clothes. And they they were clothes of love and redemption. And God put into effect. So he began to immediately say, how can I get my Adam and my Eve back with my love flowing through them? And so the plan... Uh, had begun. This is the love in the cross of Christ. The cool thing about what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross of Christ is that through that God found a way to destroy sin yet save the sinner. He found a way to destroy sin yet save the sinner. Remember his uh, Jesus disciples? This thing's about to fall off here. There we go. Where was I? Oh, his disciples, yeah. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't get they kept misunderstanding. They almost misunderstood everything Jesus ever told them. Uh, but he said, don't worry about it. Later you're going to receive the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit himself will begin to teach you and remind you of everything that I taught you. What they needed to know is that the Father himself loved them. Sometimes they would say to Jesus, hey, go talk to the Father and put in a good word for us. I'm paraphrasing. But Jesus said, the Father himself loves you. You can go to him. You mean he loves us unconditionally? He loves us exactly as we are, not as we should be? Yes, yes. So Jesus had to teach them over and over again about the love of God. We're hard-headed. Do you yeah, anybody can identify with that? Yeah, it takes a lot of understanding and teaching about who God is and what his nature is and what God wants to do in our lives and through them. They thought pleasing God was a kind of American ninja warrior. <laughs> you know, you sort of had to win, the, go through the obstacle course and be approved, and then you got God's love. So God used the most powerful force in the universe to execute his plan of salvation. So there's Jesus on the cross, and the Bible teaches us he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have. And it would have been the power of God's might that saved him from the cross. and he could have destroyed everybody there. Could have done that. That could have been his plan. but he actually used something more powerful than that. He used the power of his love. And that's the reason each and every one of us are here today. We have been conquered and changed by God's overwhelmed by God's love. That's the power that he used. How is the world going to be saved? It's going to be saved through God putting his love in us, us sending it out to others. They'll experience the same love that went out from Jesus. It'll go out from us, and people will be saved. That's how how you were saved. You experienced the love of God, and you wanted to know more about it. So when love is taught as as central to the gospel then we get it. So it's not just some knowledge that you need to fulfill your life. It's the love of God that fulfills your life and changes it. Paul said it was the greatest. Now here's a cool scripture. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. so I want to know more about God. How am I going to get to know that? How do I know more about God? John said, the more you love, the more you get to know God. The more you get to know God, the more love he pours into you. And then in verse 8, it says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Then 1 John four eleven, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought, we ought to also love him. Is that what it says? I'm tricking you here. You see, is it up there? Okay. If God so loved us, we ought to also love who? You see, what God does when he lets his love, uh, when he sends his love toward the earth, it's toward people. God loves people. Hmm, I wonder if God wants us to do that too. Yeah, he doesn't want us to send it back directly to him. He wants us to send it out to other people so that we would be using that same power that he used in creation, that he used at the cross of Christ. He's using right now through your lives and he gives you the ability to do it. Jesus never told his disciples to do anything they were incapable of doing. And he doesn't ask you to do anything that you're incapable of doing too. Well, you might say, well, preacher, sometimes that's hard. Okay, well, I'm sure it was hard for Jesus as well. But yet it was his nature to love. So he loved at all times, whether it was received or not. Whether he was mocked or not, he continued to be loving. Galatians 5, says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life. That's the NLT. So, yeah, okay, it's the same as he's got there. The New Living Translation. Produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What I like to say is all of it comes from the first one, which is agape. All these others come. See, sometimes we say, oh, I'm working on my patience. Oh, I'm working on being kind. No, what you do is work on being loving. And somebody says, well, that's really hard. Well, it's not only hard, it's impossible. I'm giving you a break here this morning. I agree. It's impossible without God pouring his love into us. So if you ever feel like your love lights are dimly shining, ask God for more of it. It's that simple. God, there's a lot happening in my life today, and I have some challenges that are coming up. I need help. I need your spirit. I need your love. Please fill me with your spirit that I might be consistently loving all day today. Well, I'm not sure I can do it all day. Why don't you just try till noon? (laughs) (laughs) Then maybe you can make it till mid-afternoon the next day. You know, God meets us where we are. John 17, 26 says, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me might be in them. See, he's not telling us anything that we have to do. He's saying, Holy Father, pour that love into them and I in them. So if Jesus is in your heart, you have a new ability, and that is to love at all times. There's no use being a little bit selfish and then a little bit loving, a little bit giving, a little angry but a little bit but then a little love later on no just be loving all day long jesus did it nothing more fun than loving people ephesians 3:17 says this was a prayer that paul was praying for the ephesians and so why don't you go ahead and take it personally that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in biblical knowledge theology, ecclesiology, what did he say? Rooted and grounded in love, agape, that you might have strength to comprehend. Oh, wait a minute. You mean without this, a knowledge of this love, I don't have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth? No, I need his love. To be my interpreter. Then I will understand it all. This isn't in my notes, but it just another scripture came into my mind when Paul said, Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. That's a good one. I might say that in my next hour, too. Okay. Y'all won't be here to remind me, so forget it. <laughs> and then it says, To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Or he could have said, it's greater than knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's the way he could have said it. That you might be filled with the most powerful thing in the entire universe, the love of God. And so 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, love never fails. I have been selfish and failed. I've been mean, and I failed. I've refused to give, and I've failed. I've been a taker, and I've failed. I've been negative, and I've failed. Why do you want to go through the whole day failing? When love never fails. Love always comes through. Love never disappoints. Whatever the cost, love is worth it. Okay, I've got a prayer up here. I'd like for you to go ahead and pray it out loud with me. Here it is. Okay, so this is a prayer that you're praying for yourself if you'd like to pray this. Let's pray it together. God, you have put your love in my heart and I am grateful. It is truly life, peace, and health. This love is presently transforming my life and remaking me in your image. You began creation with your love, and by it I am redeemed. Keep pouring it in, Lord, until I love others just like Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.